What it is, what it do, you are now tuned in to episode two of the Intersection Podcast. Someone cue the music. What is up? It's your girl Ortizis, and you are now locked in to the Intersection Podcast. So, as I'm sure you can tell by the title of the episode, I will be talking about my college experience, the good, the bad, the ugly, the before, the during, the after, and basically what what happened during that whole reign from 2016 to 2020. I'm going to start off by being very honest because, you know, we like to keep it a buck on the podcast. Um, I did not take high school that seriously. Like, my mom cussed me clean out when she found out that I registered to take Chinese my freshman my freshman year of high school. Now that I think about it, I think I got cussed out by multiple adults because they were just trying to figure out what the hell made you choose to drop Spanish, knowing you Hispanic, and picking up fucking Chinese. But in my head, it just made so much sense because if I wasn't learning nothing in my Spanish class, and all they was doing was playing, I might as well take a language that's kind of cooler and that I will be the only person that knew the language that I knew. (laughs) And while I didn't learn a whole lot of Chinese, considering that that language is really, really difficult to learn, because first of all, it's like they have the symbolic language, the like the symbols that you see that people get tattoos of, and then they have the actual lettered language which is a totally different thing that you have to know. And then what you see and how you pronounce the symbol versus the word, it was just a whole bunch. And it's safe to say that I failed the hell out that class. And my mama wanted to smack the shit out of me because she told me from the beginning that I was going to fail. But I I was just doing something to just do it. Because why not? You know, who else taking Chinese day freshman year? (laughs) But I tell that story to basically say that I didn't take high school very seriously. I didn't do my homework unless my grade depended on it because I felt like my teachers knew that I was smart already, so there was no need for me to do homework. And then senior year came, and I realized that I probably should show that I'm actually smart on paper so I can get accepted into a college. And yeah, then I was going to UWM, and I thought that was great because, for one, I wasn't trying to pay a hell of a lot of money to go to college anyway. And it was local, so I wouldn't be too far away from my family in in case something terrible happened. I'm one of those people who just think of the worst case scenario at all times. So, like, if I was to go homeless or something, like, at least I was in Milwaukee where, you know, I knew people. And I'm like, ooh, my family can come visit me. I'm going to have a dorm. I'm going to have my own apartment, pretty much, because that's what a dorm seemed like to me. That was literally the furthest from the truth of the experience that I could probably even get to. Living in a dorm, I had a completely different mindset of how that was going to go. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be parties. It's going to be cool. We're going to have RAs, so it's going to be clean. Man, when I moved into that dorm, it was spotless, beautiful. Everybody having a good time. Everybody excited to be freshmen. You know, doing all the freshman stuff, going to all the events. And then... All of a sudden, you realize people are really dirty and everybody's not raised the same. It was literally beer cans in the hallway. It smelled like straight up B.O. in the hallway. Like the boys were so dirty on my floor. They, it, I could, ugh, they was just dirty. 
So once school officially started, I experienced the biggest in my first experience with culture shock that I've ever had. I realized that the Milwaukee I knew that I lived in was a completely different experience on the east side. I had no idea about the east side territory. All I knew was that the lake was over there. Did not know the culture over there at all. And I did not know there was a part of Milwaukee that did not include black people. Um, And when I say that, I mean that UWM in 2016 only had less than 8% of black people in their total student population for the university. That's what I mean by it was literally white people. It was the literal definition of charting new waters. I had no idea what to do, how to do it, and nobody else that I knew pretty much knew either because I was a first-generation college student. First of my family graduated, shout out to me, and then a living situation. So I was in a suite, which was good for me because a lot of people who stayed in the other dorms, the other dorms were pretty shitty. I lived at Cambridge at the time, and it was pretty new. I think they had just built it in the last five years. Most of my freshman year was me getting shit-faced in my dorm with my friends, and I had a great time the entire time. And I kept running into me being in the same situation with me falling out with people just because we were just on two totally different paths and I just wasn't with the weird shit that everybody else was on. I've always been my own person, always stood my ground on who I want to be and what, what that looks like. And people just wasn't fucking with it. And I wasn't fucking with them and I was fine. And I'll be the first to tell you that I'm super pro summer courses. I took so many summer. I don't think I had an actual summer off in college. Um, I kept failing statistics. I would be the first to tell you that statistics is hard as hell. I just couldn't get it. And finally, I got a professor that would let us do open book and open internet. And so, yeah, I finally passed statistics. So, got my degree. But rewinding back from getting my degree. So let's jump to the part where I basically got kicked out the dorms because I wasn't enrolled in any more summer courses. So I had to hurry up and find a place to move into. Found this super beautiful house in Shorewood. And it was all girls that lived there at first. Then a guy moved in. Then all the girls moved out. Then all boys moved in. It was, it that was the worst experience I've probably had in my life. They literally tried to kill me. If you want to hear more about that aspect of the story, I do have full story time on that on my YouTube channel. So if you just want to see how I was harassed by all male roommates and how they poisoned a lot of my food and also tried to make my car explode when I turned it on, all of that information is on my YouTube channel. And my YouTube is Ortiz's. Everything's Ortiz's except for my Twitter. And I'm not giving that out on here because I would like to have my Twitter stay at peace. But anywho, side note, I was able to get out that lease because my landlord was literally in love with me. He lived upstairs from us and they literally changed the Wi-Fi password. So shout out to my landlord at the time because I needed his Wi-Fi because they turned. They changed the Wi-Fi password and didn't tell me what the password was. So I cut the court. So how about that? And trust me, I've heard every story imaginable about how my loved ones and friends would have beat them to a pulp and showed them the light. But I lived in Shortwood, and I don't think a lot of people understood that. So whether they were doing wrong or not, because they were not black and I was black, I felt like the law would have sided with them. So I wasn't trying to take that 
route unless it was absolutely necessary. Some people will say this was absolutely necessary, but I would rather have my loved ones out of jail rather than in jail, so I just moved. So fast forward, um, at that time I was working at Starbucks, so I ended up being cool with this girl I went to high school with, um, and I ended up just being roommates with her and her friend, which it was fun while it lasted, but motherfuckers be weirdos. That's That's all I can say regarding that. Like, the way that that situation ended was so ugly to me. It it was just a terrible situation. For one, she stole my diploma after I graduated. Once I moved from the house, the diploma got delivered to the house, and nobody told me that my diploma was there, and nobody had plans to tell me that my diploma that I've worked four years for and paid over $80,000 for is at this house and you don't plan to tell me that my diploma's here, you need to, I'm not going to send out idle threats. All I'm going to say is, karma is a biatch. But I will say, I had some great times in that house. We used to be fried in that house. We used to be getting turned. I had such a good time most of the time outside of the other roommate being like this narcissistic, ego-driven, the world is about me type of person, it was fun. And what it really boils down to is just I don't get along with Scorpio women. So there's that. But college parties were so cracking. Like, oh my God, when I first got introduced to Greek life, all the Greek parties, oh my, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Kappa parties used to be cracking. Alpha parties in Madison used to be cracking. It just used to be cracking. All the cracking parties was in Whitewater, for real, for real. But yeah, if you love partying, I do think you should go to college. Go to college and finish because partying is going to always be there as well. I do want to say that as a disclaimer. So when I was thinking about how I was a first generational college student and I wanted to leave a legacy behind, I'm like, what's the best way I can leave a legacy behind? I'm like, hmm, why not join a sorority? Why don't I see which one of these will actually work for me? And why not leave a legacy behind? Plus, I heard it's good for networking. Like, obviously, among several great reasons to join a sorority, everybody has their reason. I encourage everyone to do their full research before committing to an organization that you will have a lifetime ties to. But of course, me being the it girl that I am, I joined the first and the finest black sorority to bless, bless this continent. So... We can talk about that, too, if y'all want to talk about it. But I ain't going to get into it too much. Y'all got to do y'all research, like I said. So, yep, I joined a sorority, did uh, so much groundwork to keep my chapter active. Um, And then we were pretty much at graduation and a pandemic hit. So graduating during a pandemic was literally insane. I was so depressed. I had just got broken up with. I literally did not know what to do with my life. I had dreamed of this moment of me graduating, all my family there with these big signs with my face on it, everybody screaming my name. I just had this completely different perspective on how I thought my graduation should be. And it was just literally snatched away from me. And I probably sound selfish um, on the hindsight of it because COVID did take a lot of people's lives. Um, that was a very horrific time for a lot of people. But I mean, I had my whole life set on graduating college. I wanted to be the first to graduate college. And the fact that 
we just got a YouTube video with our names across the screen. It was just like, wow, this is what I paid almost a hundred grand for a YouTube video with my name across the screen. But my family did make me feel special during that time. And they did me a surprise party at my spot that I was at. It was really great. But yeah, that goes back to my diploma being stole by a hater. But I got my diploma at the end of it. So yeah, that was my full college experience. It was a great time. And then after the fact, that's when you just never stop learning lessons. You, it just keeps going. So post-graduation, I was moving into my own spot and an old friend of mine was having issues with her boyfriend. So I ended up moving in to help her out with his part of the rent. And that was all cool and dandy for the first couple of months. And then she just got weird. And it's just, I feel like a lot of the weirdness stems from jealousy because when people know that you are blessed and you are favored, they will find anything about you to be mad at. They will find anything about you to make a think piece on. And this simply boils down to one reason. They haters. And God don't like haters, he told me. And this is during the same time when I was getting therapy. So I seen a lot of stuff for the face value um, and dealt with it accordingly. And I ended up moving out, you know, and moving back home and just pretty much trying to navigate life. Like, I didn't know that I would move back home. I thought I was going to be balling on my own. But people don't tell you about the post-college life. You are not guaranteed to be in your career right away. The odds are actually higher that you won't have the job that you're looking for post-grad for at least two years. I'm pretty much at the space now where I'm just taking things for what it is and just being patient with the process because I have a degree in communications and you would think with that degree being so broad, I would have ample job offers and opportunities, especially since I'm in journalism and things of that nature. You would think that these opportunities would just be falling on the floor like, oh my God, it's Imani, why would you not hire her? But the reality of the situation is, it's actually really, really hard to get a job that you like, at least for me. And I'm only, I can only speak from my personal experience. But yeah, I was the friend that was the first to move off the house. I was the friend that everybody would come to my house in college and kick it just for me to be done with college and move back home. And I'm no longer the kick it spot friend. Like, I'm not bringing nobody to my family house. I'm not doing that. So it just also gave me perspective on who was actually my friend for just being my friend versus wanting to kick it at my spot when they didn't have nothing to do. And that also just comes with learning the territory and just navigating those new waters. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to make mistakes along the way. It's just up to you to determine how you will bounce back from those mistakes and those experiences because it's a difference between sulking in your depression or sulking in victimization. It's, it's a completely different experience if you make yourself the victim instead of, you know, tightening your bootstraps and standing up and standing on the fact that you are going to make a difference for yourself no matter how long it takes, no matter how much pressure you got to put down. 
it's going to happen for you and yours. And that's pretty much the perspective I took on it. If there's not an opportunity for me, I'm going to create one. Um, If I can't do this, then I'm going to do that. Nobody can tell me that I can't do something because what I'm going to do is make it a personal mission to prove to you that I actually can and I can do it better than you. Another thing that I learned was there's no rule book for this. Making new friends is actually a chore to me now. I'm not even interested, really. Like, it's cool for us to be associates. It's cool for us to, like, talk in public, you know, hee-hee-ha-ha, kee-kee with each other. But I've had so many weird experiences with trying to make new friends in Milwaukee. Um, It's just people are very weird. And I feel like a lot of people have ulterior motives on whether it's them wanting a plug for something or them wanting to use you to get somewhere else. And like I said in episode one, all things are transactional. Somebody's going to use you for something just like you use them for something. But the difference is, is the genuity behind it. I'm not going to just use you and step on you and stomp on you when I'm done with you. If I'm trying to utilize you for something that is going to make me better, I'm going to make sure I turn around and give you credit for that. I don't need to kiss anybody's ass and you don't have to kiss my ass, but it would just be a good rule of thumb <laughs> to, you know, not get weird after the experience is over. It happened. We moved past it. The experience is great. Thank you for utilizing me in the way that you needed me. And now we can just move past it because at the end of the day, everybody ain't here for a reason. They just here for a season. And that is the conclusion to this episode of the intersection college before, during, and after. Um, I do wanna make sure that you guys know to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram at the intersection pod on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Make sure you like our Facebook page to stay updated with everything intersection related. I do want to let you guys know that I do intend on having an advice column added to the functionality of the podcast. This is going to be pretty much where I let audience members submit stories for me to have a hot take on. So let's say your boyfriend cheating on you, he done had a baby by your friend, and then your friend all of a sudden started cloning herself to look like you that's a story i may want to hear and that's a story other people may want to hear and that's maybe a story that you know you need to see if you tripping or not and i'm completely joking by the way i'm sorry if that actually is your situation because that's not funny but if you would like my hot take on whatever your situation is feel free to send us a dm on instagram or email us at the intersection podcast 414 at gmail.com but other than that thank you guys so much for subscribing and listening and locking in with the hottest new podcast on the block hosted by your girl Ortizis and I would love for your ears to be plugged in next week and every week after that y'all have a good week now